الاسلام السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته الله سبحانه وتعالى through the fadl and karam has allowed us to pass through the month of Ramadan the month of forgiveness and blessings and now after celebrating Eid al-Fitr we are now in the month of Shawwal it is Allah who brings these different months and different seasons upon us and this is all part of the grand plan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to test us in various different conditions. One thing we can never forget and lose sight of is that at every single moment, whether we are enjoying good conditions or bad conditions, we are all in a test and a trial in this life. And this test and trial will last until we return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It does not end with the passing of Ramadan. We are still engaged in that test. We are still in the examination hall until, we, until the final moments of death come upon us, not before that. <clears throat> and remaining steadfast and firm on the deen in all conditions, this is known as istiqama. And this is the most difficult of all the obligations upon us, is istiqama, remaining steadfast. It is easy in when the season of goodness and righteousness is there, when the environment is there, to protect oneself from sin, to be engaged in good works, when the avenues of sin are closed, when a person is fasting, when a person, shahawat are under control. But to continue with that after the month of Ramadan has passed and all the doors of vice open once again, to remain firm on the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala no matter where, how the tides are flowing, where the wind is blowing. This is the greatest test for all of us. On one occasion, the Sahaba radiallahu anhu ajma'in, they noticed some gray hair in the beard and hair ahead of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They asked him, Ya Rasulullah, it seems like you are getting old. What happened? Then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Shayyabatni hudun wa akhawatuha. That in Surah Hud, the Surah in the Quran, the injunctions in this Surah which have made me old. What was he referring to? Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah, the great mufassir of the Quran. He says that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was referring to the most difficult ayah in the entire Quran. In the Eid Khutbah, those who were here, we talked about the greatest ayah in the Quran is Ayatul Kursi. Allahu la ilaha illahu al-hayyul qayyum. And Arja ayah fil Quran, the ayah that grants us the greatest hope, is the ayah from Surah Zumar, in when, wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Qul ya ibadiyya alladhina asrafu ala anfusim la taqnatu min rahmatillah. Say, O oh my slaves, those who have transgressed against themselves, do not lose hope in the mercy of Allah. Inna Allah yaghfiru dhunuba jami'a Verily Allah forgives all sins And the ayah that is aktharu tafwidan That inculcates the greatest amount of tawakkul and reliance on Allah Is the ayah from Surah Al-Talaq وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهِ يَجْعَلَّهُ مَخْرَجًا وَيَرْزُقْهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبْ Whoever adopts taqwa of Allah Then Allah will make for him an opening in every difficulty And will provide for him from such means which he has no That he can never even imagine so in the same series, which is the most difficult ayah in the whole Qur'an? If this question is asked, then we have the answer from the Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'in, the scholars of the Qur'an from among the Sahaba. 
they have identified the most difficult ayah in the entire Quran as well. And they say the most difficult ayah in the entire Quran is this ayah when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Hud, right at the ending before Surah Yusuf starts, فَاسْتَقِمْ كَمَا أُمِرْتَ وَمَنْ تَابَ مَعَكَ وَلَا تَطْغَوْ That remain firm and steadfast on the straight path, not as much as easy for you or how much you can do, but rather, kama umirta, just like I have commanded you. Just like you have been commanded. And those who have repented along with you, it is the order is extended to them as well. Woman taba ma'ak. And do not cross the limits in transgression. He is fully aware of all that you do. And do not even incline towards those who are the oppressors. One is don't be don't do zulm yourself. That is not the command, but rather wala tarkanu Don't even incline towards them. Then you'll be afflicted by the fire. And then you will have no one to support you from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is considered the most difficult ayah to remain steadfast. And this is the trial that I am facing, you are facing, we are all facing. In Ramadan it was easy for us. We were fasting. There was Qiyam layl our hours were engaged in the ibadah of Allah at night and in the day. The environment was there. But now, when the shayateen have been released and our shahwat are now unchecked, to continue with that, to build upon that, this is the biggest test. How long is this test going to last? Continue to engage in the ibadah of your Lord until death comes upon you, until the final moment, until death itself. And there, and thereafter, there is rest. Then there is good news in Bashara. Verily, those who say our Rabb is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then they remain steadfast on the deen. They say, they made the claim with their tongue, they say that our Rabb is Allah. But it was not mere lip service, it wasn't just a statement from their tongue, but rather they proved it through their actions. When it was Ramadan, when it was Shawwal, when it was good times and bad times, when it was health and prosperity, they remembered Allah, when it was difficulty and sickness, they remembered Allah. They remembered Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in times of peace and times of war. In every condition, they fulfill the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They did not divert from the way of the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu This is all included in the meaning, thumma Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, such great people, the angels will descend upon them at the time of their death. And they will tell them, you, you have now completed your exam, you have now fulfilled the test, and it is now over. Alhamdulillah. Do not have any fear over the future stages. Do not have any grief and sadness over the past. Now you can take the glad tiding of Jannah, the one that you had been promised in your worldly life, the one you had been working so hard throughout your entire life for. We are your supporters and we are with you. We were with you in your worldly life. We will be with you in the hereafter. For you in the hereafter will be whatever your heart will desire.
ولكم فيها ما تدعون you will have whatever you ask for نزولا من غفور الرحيم this is a gift from you for you from your forgiving most merciful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he has prepared this jinnah for you and this is what we find in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam we find in the life of the companions radiallahu anhum and our pious predecessors that they only continue to increase in their ibadah continue to increase in their taqwa they did not slack off after the month of Ramadan passed right to the last moment even as we find in the example of Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal rahmatullah alayhi that he was a great muhaddith, a great scholar of hadith, and a great faqih, a great scholar of fiqh. And he underwent a very big test and trial in his time when the Khalifa had adopted a wrong ideology of the Mu'tazila and was forcing this ideology down upon the scholars. And whoever did not agree with him, with the king, was being imprisoned and tortured. But Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, rahmatullah protected the correct aqidah of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah and he stood firm and he did not waver whereas many great people slipped and fell in this test and trial. And for this he was imprisoned, he was tortured extensively for long periods of time but he underwent all of this for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And finally when he was on his deathbed, when he was nearing his death, in fact, he was becoming unconscious and fainting and then regaining his consciousness for a short period of time, then becoming faint, fainting again, back and forth. He was going back and forth from state of consciousness and unconsciousness. And at that moment, he asked his son, that, oh, my son, bring me a glass of water. So his son went and brought a glass of water for him, presented it to his father, Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, and when he brought the glass of water to his father as he requested, he looked at his son and he said, not yet, not yet, not yet. And he turned around to the other side. So then Imam Ahmed al-Hambal's son was very surprised that he just asked for water and then he's saying, not yet, what does that mean? He came around to the other side of the bed and presented it again. And then his father started shaking his head and said, not yet, not yet, not yet. Turn around to the other side. So he went around to the third side. And the third time, the same thing repeated. He, he said, not yet, not yet, not yet. And he was very shocked by this behavior, but he waited and he said, maybe he's feeling bad, he's feeling sick, and he is not in his senses, that's why he's saying these things that don't make sense. And he waited, after some time, he, he presented the water for the fourth time, and then his father took the water, the glass, and he drank the water. And after he drank the water and he was feeling better, only then the son finally inquired from him, can you please explain that Three times prior to this, I presented the water to you, and he kept on repeating, not yet, not yet. What did you mean by that? He said, oh, did you hear me? He said, yes, I heard you, you were saying that. He said, oh, actually, Iblis, Shaitan had come to me. And he said that, oh, Imam Ahmad, many people I was able to misguide, and many people I got them in my grasp, but you have escaped me, and you are now safe and you will now enter Jannah. So I said, I am still not safe from you, not yet, not yet. I turned around and he said, no, you, are, you, you persevered on the straight path. You did not fall for the traps, for the, you did not want to carry the favor of the king, nor were you afraid of the punishment of the king, and you remained steadfast. You have escaped me. You are beyond my 
my whisperings now and my attacks, you are safe. Then, I, then he said, not yet. I'm not yet safe from you. Turn around three times. So that means that no matter how, many, how much ibadah we did in the month of Ramadan, no matter how happy we are with our ibadah, which we should be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the tawfiq he granted us, we can still never feel secure 100% from, the sh- from shaitan, from our nafs. We have to be ever watchful until the last moment. This is the test we are in. We are all engaged in. Until death overtakes us. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us this correct understanding. What can we do at a practical level is that we have to make certain commitments to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, certain plan. When it comes to, for example, the month of Ramadan, we have repeatedly heard, Shahr Ramadan al-Ladhi unzila fihi al-Qur'an. This is the month of Qur'an. Many of us, or most of us, alhamdulillah, listen to the entire Qur'an in the Taraweeh Salah. So now we have to sit down and do some homework and make a plan, chart out in an action plan. What are we going to do now, moving forward, with respect to our relationship with the Qur'an? At whatever level we are, we have to make an effort to increase that level. If we do not know how to recite the Qur'an properly, we have to make an active plan. It's not going to happen by itself. We have to make some plans and some arrangements to learn how to recite the Qur'an in the proper manner. This is the first right of the Qur'an. Those that we have granted the book, they recite the Qur'an and fulfill the haqq of the tilaw of the Qur'an. Allah's command is to recite the Qur'an with tartil, with tajweed. We have to make a plan to recite the Qur'an with tartil, with tajweed. Learn how to recite it the way Rasulullah recited it. Rasulullah himself had a daily routine of how much tilawah he would make. On one occasion, he got delayed and some people were waiting for him. When he came out, he excused himself and he said that I was completing my hizb, meaning my daily appointed portion of recitation of the Qur'an. Upon whom the Qur'an was revealed, he also had a hizb and appointed portion every day. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what he loves is that action which is continuous. It does not have to be a lot. The most beloved action in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one which is continuous even if it is less in number, in less in quantity. So even if it is a few pages, but we have to have that commitment and continuously recite that much of Quran every day. And try to focus on the meanings of the Quran, learn the meanings of the Quran. If you can learn the Arabic language, make some program to learn the Arabic language, or at least read the translation of the Qur'an. Be- become acquainted with the seerah of our beloved Rasul sallallahu We can make this a family activity so it's not by ourselves, with our wives, with our children. If you take out some moments every day and make ta'alim at home, go through the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi go through the seerah of the sahaba radiallahu anhum, the lives of the noble companions of the Prophet sallallahu Our children, they know so much about their favorite stars and athletes, and all the details of their lives, of these people who do have no concern for us and out there fulfilling their passions. The level of love and admiration that our youth have for these athletes is so great. Just for an example, in our Aitakaf program, we used to have a question and answer session after Fajr. So one of the questions that some of the youth asked and wrote it down is that, is it permissible for us to make dua for the worldly success of our favorite athletes. Not even for their hidayah, 
if you love this athlete and you want him to be guided towards Islam so that inshallah he can become a means of inspiration for uh, other fans no we, we love this athlete so much can we make dua is it permissible to make dua for their worldly success and they could care less about us this is the level of infatuation but what about the seerah of Rasulullah what about the one who actually loved us more than any mother can love their child you are running towards the fire and I'm trying to grasp you by your waist and pull you out of the fire حَدِيثٌ عَلَيْكُمْ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَعُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ The one who desires good for you شَدِيدٌ عَلَيْهِ مَا عَنِتُّمْ It is very difficult for the Prophet to bear you, to, to see you in any pain. He wants good for you and he is رَعُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ He is full of love and mercy for the believers. We do not know anything about him. We have to make a plan to learn about our beloved Rasul We have to make a plan of some type of daily dhikr in remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And stick to that. Even if it is a little bit, even if it's a hundred times, to recite the tasbih of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, subhanallah, alhamdulillah, wa la ilaha illallah, allahu akbar, wa la hawla, wa la quwata illa billahi al-ali wal-azim. A hundred times salawat on Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, a hundred times istighfar, mornings and evenings. فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ قَبْلَ تُلُوعِ شَمْسِ وَقَبْلَ غُرُوبِهَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, say subhanallah, alhamdulillah, before the rising of the sun, after fajr salah, وَقَبْلَ غُرُوبِهَا and before the setting of the sun. بُكْرَةً وَعَشِيَّ and continue with the dhikr until we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the key thing, istiqama. Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu, one time he was narrating the hadith, which is very well known to all of us. We might have heard of the name of it, it's called the Tasbih Fatimi. It's named after his wife, Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha. The Tasbih Fatimi is what? 33 times, subhanallah, 33 times, alhamdulillah, and 34 times, Allahu Akbar. And why is he called Tasbih Fatimi? He was narrating the story that my wife, Fatima radiallahu anha, the beloved daughter of Rasulullah queen of the women of Jannah, she was undergoing great hardship in taking care of the chores at home and work at home, carrying the water on her back from the well, going and bringing the firewood and lighting the fire, and then grinding the wheat and making the flour and making the bread. And it was very difficult for her. And she was getting physically exhausted. So then Rasulullah the news came that he was distributing different servants and slaves that had come to help out in household work for the dwellers of Medina. So since he was distributing to everyone, she went out to request one for herself as well. But she saw there was such a crowd there, so she did not want to come close to Rasulullah in the crowd. She waited for a while, and then she went back home. Rasulullah came to visit the Ali radiallahu anhu and Fatima radiallahu anha, his daughter and son-in-law in the evening and said, I saw you today. You did not ask anything. You came, stood for a while and left. Can I help you? What did you come for? So she mentioned what her intention was. Then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, Oh Ali and oh Fatima, before you go to sleep, I will give you something better, he said. I will give you something better than a slave. I will give you something that will help you more than a servant than what you are asking for. And what is that? Before you lay down in bed, recite 33 times, subhanallah, 33 times, alhamdulillah, 34 times, Allahu Akbar. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you such barakah in your sleep, you will wake up and you'll be refreshed. In the madrasa, during the exam time, when we would be studying and cramming for the tests, and we would sleep very little, few hours, one, two hours, and stay up all the time studying for the exams, this was something that all the students used to be punctual. And we would sleep for one hour, two hours, and we would wake up fresh, alhamdulillah. 
so effective. This is the Shanun Nazul or the Shanun Wurud, the condition that led to the, uh, this story. The context is of the tasbih is the exhaustion of Fatima radiallahu anha and the prescription given by her father Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And he said that recite this every night before you go to sleep. So when Ali radiallahu anhu was narrating this story, his own personal story, this was during his Khilafah, unfortunately. This was a very difficult political time when the Ummah was divided and there was civil war was going on and there were people from opposite camps. And there was a party that was against Ali radiallahu anhu, na'udhu billah. Who he believed as Ahl Sunnah that he was the Khalifa on Haq. So there was a part, somebody from Syria, from the Shami party, from the Banu Umayyah side, who was against him. And he just noticed one opportunity to interject. And he raised his hand and he asked the question that, uh, you, can you repeat that what you just said? You said the Prophet ﷺ said, every, uh, make this tasbih every night before you go to sleep. Did you recite this every night? He wanted to catch him that you didn't probably fulfill this order. He said, no, alhamdulillah, I did recite this every night. He said, from that moment, Rasulullah told you, till today, are you sure, positively, you can declare with full confidence, you did not sleep a single night. This person is arguing against Ali radiallahu anhu publicly in front of everyone. There is not a single night that you missed it. He said, I'm telling you, I assure you, there is not a single night. Even though, in the story, if you look at it, the whole story is about how tired she was and how she wanted a servant and then how instead of a servant she got the dhikr. And just by the way, the wording does include the word of Rasulullah make sure you recite this every night. But he caught on to that one point. He said, yes, I assure you, I have recited it every single night before I went to sleep. Then he didn't stop there. He said, walau layla tasifin fa'ajaba walau layla tasifin. He said, what about on the night of the battle of Sifiyah? So this was one of the most horrific battles that took place amongst the Muslims in which there was a great civil war and it was a moment when Ali radiallahu anhu, his anxiety was at its greatest peak and he was so perturbed because the Muslims were killing Muslims and they were in the battlefield and they were sleeping at night and they were attacked and the whole night passed in the battle. So he says, what about that night? I'm sure you missed the Tasbih Fatimi, the 33 times SubhanAllah, in the middle of the battle, in the heat of the battle. He said, no, 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 even the night of Sifin, I did not miss it. I'm telling you, I did not miss the Zikr, the Tasbih that Prophet ﷺ prescribed for me even on that night. So this is called Istiqamah. So we have to hold on to our A'mal strongly and be consistent. Be consistent, whatever we are doing, make sure we do not miss it. Even if it is a few A'mal, but that consistency is what will grant us the barakah in our amal, insha'Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us that whatever good we were doing in the month of